0: Welcome to the 206.com podcast. I am your host, Mark Morin, and you are listening to Diversity in Film, a 206 podcast series. This podcast series features in-depth interviews with filmmakers and industry experts discussing the topic of diversity in film. Look for episodes featuring director and activist Lin Chen, director and producer Emily Tang, executive director of the Northwest Film Forum, Vivian Hua. Rapper Lex the Lexicon Artist. Podcast host and film critic Isabella L. Price. World-renowned Disney film producer Don Hahn. Director of marketing for Smart House Creative Amy Simon. Film critic and podcaster The People's Critic Tim Hall. Lifestyle blogger and film critic Aaron Hunley. Actor, activist, and model Anna Lynn McCord. Thank you for listening to the 206.com podcast. Let's get to the interview. 6.com podcast. This is the ongoing series on diversity in film. Today I'm speaking with Vivian Hua, who I have here as the executive director currently of the Northwest Film Forum right here in Seattle. Vivian, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Could you uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do here in Seattle for the Film Forum to start?
1: Okay, sure. Um, so Northwest Film Forum is a nonprofit film center and community hub that really prides itself on bringing together people and film lovers, media lovers, artistic lovers of all disciplines and into the same space based on common interests. And we have two cinemas. We also teach workshops. We have physical sponsorship for filmmakers. We kind of run the whole gamut of exhibition, education, production.
0: Northwest Film Forum has really been a longstanding pillar of the arts community here in Seattle. And I know you worked with and for the Film Forum for quite a while before you became executive director. Like what other type of things have you done with the Forum?
1: I was the graphic designer prior to becoming a music director, and I actually still do a lot of the graphic design stuff as, you know, non-profits.
0: <laughs> exactly. Now, you're also currently the editor-in-chief of Redefine magazine, which I understand you were telling me earlier is about to uh, relaunch and get out there in a, in a bigger fashion.
1: Yeah, it's a a long-form arts publication. Uh, Its mission is actually conscious growth through long-form arts journalism. And the idea is basically talking about interdisciplinary art and the way it, not just the art itself, but the way it connects with larger society with a focus on social justice, spirituality, things like that.
0: Nice, that's really cool. A lot of good topics, and that's that's really one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you about this overall topic of diversity, because it seems like that's really something that you have a focus on and care about. Now, before I go back into that topic, as well as I want to get back to the Film Forum, but you're also a filmmaker as well, so you have a short film that's available out called Searching Skies.
1: Yeah, Searching Skies uh, I made when I lived in Los Angeles prior to working at Film Forum, and it's actually what, through a circuitous, series of events brought me to the Film Forum, actually. So I made this film, it's about a Syrian refugee family that goes to American Family's house for Christmas dinner and the kind of conversation that happens over the dinner table for and against their presence there. And because of that, I was introduced to the former executive director of Northwest Film Forum, Courtney Sheehan. And together, we organized kind of a national anti-Islamophobia film screening and civil rights discussion series. After that, one day, I just on a whim texted her and was like, so I'm uh, stepping back from my other job. Does Film Forum have any jobs? If so, let me know. <laughs> and then a month later, she reached out and was like, hey, we have a graphic design job opening up, and like, bam, there.
0: It sounds like there's a lot of community aspect to it, of people collaborating and working together within the Forum. Now, for people who don't know, necessarily know what Northwest Film Forum is, can you describe a lot of what you offer as being part of the community in the, in the film world?
1: There's a lot of quote unquote art house cinemas around the country, right? People that play art house films. But I think we're different in that we are really community oriented. We support the local filmmaking community in terms of, and, and beyond that, we basically have like an open door solicitation policy for anyone who might wanna host an event with us. They just kind of ask and we will decide if it, it is on mission with us or else off to the space through like rentals or something like that. But generally if it seems like something we were program anyway, we just make it a part of our programming. And then try to connect a lot of different communities. So we work a lot with like nonprofits and issues-based organizations.
0: And I've actually been there for a couple of different independent filmmaker premieres. So if you mm-hmm. work a lot with the local community as well as there's also workshops and you can even rent uh, equipment from there, right?
1: Yeah, the whole gamut. You can do all those things.
0: Yeah. So if you're listening and you're a filmmaker, get a hold of Vivian as soon as possible, is what we're saying. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, we also host, I mean, we host the Local Sightings Film Festival, which is yeah. like a filmmaker festival, and it's kind of the only one of its size in the region.
0: Now, to get to the topic at hand, what comes to mind when you hear the phrase diversity in film? What does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, totally. A couple things. One is more recent and one's more general. So the more general thing is, I think I'm interested in diversity in film, but I'm more interested in equity even. So this is a larger conversation that happens all the time, right? But Mm -hmm. diversity is, we see, we definitely see more people of color on the screen now, and that's great, but they often still aren't wielding any power. I think it's starting to change a little bit where people are getting to, you know, have their own production companies and have access at the higher levels. But I think when I think of diversity and the need for that, that's what I think about too. Diversity, not only on screen, but diversity behind the camera, diversity in the offices that decide who makes the films, like that stuff's also crucial. And then the other thing I think about is, basically this past weekend, I watched this really terrible soap opera called The Taiwanese Tale of Two Cities. It's on Netflix and my mom recommended it. And it is literally like whatever, the Charles Dickens tale in Ta- like made by Taiwanese people people but it's also about intercultural exchange between one person who lives in san francisco and one person who lives in taipei When watching that, I realized that, you know, even though I've seen plenty of movies with Asian people on the screen, I've seen, and then lately with like crazy rich Asians, there's so many Asians who are like, oh cool. Like I finally got to see myself on the screen. I never felt that way about crazy rich Asians. Like I didn't feel like I related to those types of rich, like Singaporean, you know, (laughs) it it didn't really make sense to me. It made, I probably related more, I felt like, to like Jackie Chan and like a Kung Fu movie. (laughs) But then with this particular soap opera, uh, it was so specific to being a Taiwanese American experience and the way that they spoke kind of mixture between Chinese, like Mandarin and Taiwanese and English was like for the first time I was like, oh cool. Like I kind of get what people say when they say that they see themselves on the screen. Cause for once this very specific experience is, is very similar to the way I speak right. more than any other thing I've ever seen. So that
0: was <laughs> interesting. I actually saw you post about that on social media a little bit, and it sounded like that had a lot, really, like really hit home for you. And that's one thing that I've noticed in a lot of different ways with different ethnic minorities seeing themselves on the screen is I think one thing that we're coming to realize is just how important that representation is for you know a young girl or a young boy, you know, no matter where they're from, to actually see themselves. And I really like that you brought up to hear themselves on screen as well. That's something I hadn't really thought of before. So I don't think you can say uh, enough of how important that is for somebody to be able to identify. And I think that's the little bit that we're starting to see, but you also hit on the fact that we're not really seeing the high levels being represented, like a lot of you know studio executives and that type of stuff. Do you feel that's something that's shifting right now or do we really is that something that still really needs to be addressed?
1: I think it's definitely shifting in some ways. I I mean, there are certain people that stick out like and she has her own production company and distribution company air array array <laughs> array i can't speak english but i i think like just certain people alone are able to make a huge difference so i do see a difference
0: i feel like the streaming platforms are a much better avenue for asian filmmakers black filmmakers to really make headway and gain some ground in that respect do, do you see that as well or what do you, what are your thoughts on that
1: I think to a degree, I, I, you know, maybe I'm not like as well versed as some people on this, but it feels like there is a level you can get to on your own through like distributing your own content and then maybe you get plucked up by someone larger, do you know what I mean? Like,
0: oh
1: yeah, yeah. There are people who have successful web series and then someone sees it successful and then they're like, okay, now we want to give you money. Right. <laughs> and that's great, I mean, I think it's great, but it's also, I still want to see
0: more. Yeah, I don't know if there will ever be a point where we're like, okay, we're good, everybody's happy right. now. As a filmmaker yourself, are there things that you, like you said that you were from LA originally and then moved up here, was there things that you experienced that you felt at a disadvantage being a filmmaker?
1: Oh, being an Asian woman? Oh,
0: right, right, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, well, I came into filmmaking pretty late. So I ran a music, I ran a Redefine, uh, which is the music and art publication from 2001 to 2016 like as as a big part of my life and in that time i was just kind of doing my own thing and i didn't really realize until i quit and a friend was like you know you're like the only not only woman running a music publication but like definitely the only woman of color like in this zone and that really like surprised me because i i guess i started when i was so young and so naive i never just Cross my mind that that would even be a thing. And so, I, I, I don't know, I think coming to filmmaking so late, I'm more interested in just doing it on my own terms. I've kind of been that way forever. And I, I guess we'll just see if that helps and hurts in the long run. I'm, but, you know, it, I, I've been able to get my stuff done and I'm not <laughs> sure if my consideration of what success is is necessarily traditional, so it hasn't necessarily hurt me, if that makes right. sense.
0: No, that's that's a really good point that you bring up. What is a person really looking for or to achieve as a filmmaker, you know, whether they're a director or an actor or somebody behind the scenes. So, no, thanks for bringing that up. One of the other things I wanted to talk about, you had mentioned Crazy Rich Asians before as something that didn't really have a huge impact on you, like even though it may not have really hit home for you on a personal note, did you still see that kind of shift when those two, at least that one, if not both movies were coming out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a huge success for the Asian American community. I wanted to hate on that movie so bad. (laughs) I'm just like, of all the stories that make it, like, why does it have to be about like rich, like, entitled Asians? That's so terrible. (laughs) And Then I watched it. I was like, okay, it's like kind of amusing, kind of, kind of into it. But but I think more importantly, it is about like. know those types of people do exist those stories do exist Mm -hmm. and it is a, a victory for I guess the Asian American community and it did open A lot of doors for other Asians to create content and that's huge and I think in the terms of Crazy Rich Asians they also you know they had a Netflix deal like streaming deal I would have paid them a lot of money up front and they turned it down because they wanted a theatrical run and that's because they thought it would like they were convinced that their own film would do well even though there were no box office numbers to compare it to because there were no other Asian lead films since like Joy Luck Club so I thought it was really cool that they by their ethics and that paid off in the long run and I feel like that's such an important thing to remember and it doesn't always work out, but you have to try. <laughs> and then in terms of Black Panther, I, I think I actually felt that feeling more so with Black Panther. The way that people dressed up, the way that the community showed up for it and right. I felt like really, it was, it, yeah, it was pretty moving, it was like wow, you can really feel the power of how much this like film means to people.
0: Yeah, I remember in particular, there was one video that made the rounds on social media of a, I think it was a classroom of a group of kids. And they, they were, had just been told that they were all going to get to go to a a free screening of Black Panther. And it's, they're all dancing and celebrating. And to me, that kind of defined what that all really meant. Kind of like what we were talking about before is, you know, these kids were about to see themselves as superheroes not just on a movie, but oh my gosh, as comic book superheroes. Definitely a, a couple big moments there. Now, working in Seattle with Northwest Film Forum and just other avenues, how do you feel the Seattle community is doing with these type of topics?
1: Um, so I'm on this film, equi- film task force for the city of Seattle, mm-hmm. and it's the first task force they have in maybe ever. And <laughs> definitely equity is a big part of what we're pushing for right now and having it as like a top line item in, in terms of making policy. We just onboarded five new people today oh, wow. because we basically decided that uh, we didn't have enough people of color, specifically African-American people or, or indigenous people. So all five new people like are that, and that's nice. really exciting for us, I think, in terms of the Group that's like maybe 15 big or 20 big. I can't remember. <laughs> no, that is um, exciting. But- that's really cool. Yeah, it's it cool to be able to bring in people that aren't just like the same voices. Because I feel like in terms of equity stuff, you know, you get to a certain position or something like, like me, for example, suddenly I'm at all these conversations and you're made to be <laughs> an expert just because you have access to the spaces that are predominantly white dominated and they need right. education. So suddenly like, I'm the only woman of color in the room. Suddenly <laughs> I know things, even though I feel like on the grand scale, if you were to like, Hit me up against, you know, like the social justice activist community. I don't know that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like I don't know stuff, but I'm definitely not an expert. But in these rooms, you suddenly become an expert. So I think with home communities working on it, the, the larger film community, but I also think that there's really amazing content creators, people of color, who are making their own shit, and it's really awesome, and they're just not getting noticed for it in the mainstream kind of way. But I do think there's like a lot of talent, and there just needs to be a lot of lifting those people up.
0: So what what can we do to get more exposure for those people?
1: I think, I mean, it's, it's a structural thing. I think there needs to be incentives for and there are growing incentives for like people to hire people of color on set and to train them in quote unquote professional ways because a lot of people make stuff and they're really ingenious on figuring out how to make stuff but that that is a lot of bootstrapping and and, like figuring it out yourself which doesn't necessarily always translate to higher levels of filmmaking so I think just creating that access and avenues to education that is more production like high budget production oriented is probably helpful of uh-huh.
0: As we're talking, we all know what we're going through in the world out there. I understand Northwest Film Forum has had to make some major changes and adapt to different things. I've been trying to post about the virtual screenings and stuff like that on my website for Northwest Film Forum and for, you know, CIF and some of the other local theaters. So aside from that, are there things, I guess just generally speaking, are, are there things that Northwest Film Forum is researching or looking into, you know, I guess, to keep those revenue streams going and to keep those voices being heard? Like, what, what are you doing right now as to adapt?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think a lot of cinemas around the country are doing screen, online screenings, but what makes us different is we're doing very curated online festivals. So We had like by design art and design festival um, and then cadence video poetry festival. These are like things we do year round, but bringing them onto an online platform has actually been more successful in some ways for us because they're reaching a larger audience and also I think there's just a need for really highly curated content right now, because it's like the kind of an internet wild west going on, <laughs> the where everyone's like, get stuff out there, we need to make stuff, but not all of it's good. And I think there is a, a need for taste making at this moment that we are kind of filling that niche in some ways. And then we're also kind of exploring how to A, be a platform for other people who might want to host events and might know how to curate events, but don't know necessarily how to do the technical aspects of it, right? So we're just providing that as a service, like sort of running out our online theater and tech expertise, sort of. And then the last thing is I think We're not going to be able to likely open cinema capacity in any meaningful way, I think, this year. Definitely not full screenings until you get a vaccine, probably, or something really advanced testing. So I think we're looking a little bit into more production oriented stuff. So we recently did a series of educational videos through Real Girls Productions, which is now a Wing of Northwest Film Forum. So we figured out through that how to record educational programming pretty well. So I think we're gonna try and do more of that and also record people's like live performances and stuff like that and help them record it well, because there's, there's still gonna be a need for quality streaming programming for a while. Um, So there's going to be a a bit of time where we're going to move into
0: production. You mentioned the educational programming. Is that filmmaking specific or is it just all different topics?
1: So it's actually for the city of Seattle. So it's it's kind of like at home teaching activities for kids. I actually don't know the exact content. I haven't like dived too deep into that because I don't need to be too hands on (laughs) about it. But yeah, it's kind of a broad range of like maybe like 20 teachers even.
0: That's really great to hear that not only can you have an impact on the film community, but just the overall community as a whole, especially with education. I mean, there's so much going on with, you know, how do we keep teaching kids during this time? And so that that's really cool to hear. With all of the different screenings coming up, you were talking about you know, with just so much different content out there. That's another really interesting perspective I hadn't thought of is, you know, we really should care about the quality of that content as well. So, you know, I have the ability to kind of sift through all the emails and say, oh, that's interesting to me but I think it's really important for the industry to say what's interesting to the consumer right now and I know it's really easy just to look at okay you can binge watch anything on Netflix or Amazon Prime or all these other streaming services but I I really like the fact that Northwest Film Forum is curating specific content. Is there any sort of specific themes or topics that you're working on right now for upcoming program?
1: Uh, Well at the time of this being published uh, we'll have to. (laughs) big capitol hill arts district streaming festival where it's like 12 different community groups within capitol hill and also an open call to artists to kind of show their plat uh, show their work over the course of an entire weekend we'll also have hosted translations transgender film festival with three dollar bill cinema so that that was a northwest film forum program this year our co-presentation so i think i mean just yeah what we do year-round continuing to do that and we recently had like kind of an exclusive engagement of the 10th anniversary of Megan Griffiths' The Off Hours. Right. So that was a special live stream event with a post screening Q and A and live chat during the screening, where Megan kind of pointed out all these really interesting behind the scenes tidbits from the film and production process. So I think more of those types of things. Like we're trying to figure out like what are the things that we can offer as a community space that has like deep relationships with individuals. Like how do we do these special events? That are also in some cases like allowing us to become the first time distributor for some of these films. So last year's feature film winner for local sightings was this film called Patronelle about a gospel singer in the Central District. She's in her 90s, and we were the first online platform to ever distribute that film, and possibly might ever be. It's the, it's a small local film, so I think seeing more of that kind of thing happening is is definitely in
0: our focus. I Feel like you definitely have the most unique type of programming, so I'm glad to see that's going to continue. Uh, I'll start to wrap things up a little bit here in a moment, but I just wanted to ask: Is there anything else that you wanted to discuss as far as diversity or equity in film?
1: Um, I would say one of the things that has been cool about the film task force is that there have been white people who have been stepping up and and being willing to do a lot of the labor that sometimes people of color don't want to do especially in rooms that are predominantly white and there's so much education that needs to be taught right. it gets really hiring. So I think, you know, having candid conversations around the types of things that need to change and candid conversations around like, okay, like I am a person of color, I'm in this room, I'm tired of this, can you all do some of this? Um, Has actually yielded like really good results for that specific group. So I think, I don't know, when I think of diversity at this point, I think of that a lot because I used to think like, there are some people of color who don't want to educate white people um, right. about these issues. And for a while, I was definitely like, I'm willing to educate whoever, it's fine. <laughs> like, but now I'm getting tired of it. Right,
0: right.
1: Same <laughs> conversation, so I think, uh, I guess my message about diversity is right now to white allies about being an ally and like stepping up in spaces where it might be difficult for people of color who are small in number, or, or maybe communicate differently or maybe just don't feel comfortable in a group to speak up for them so not speak over them
0: but (laughs) right exactly (laughs) really that boils down to people being willing to to be open to communicate and to learn. I think going back to your your film, uh, Searching Skies, the main uh, I don't know if he's the main character, but the young man in the in the movie he really wasn't open to learning about anything. He was he was so resistant. But then you know a moment happens that kind of opened his eyes a little bit. You know maybe mm-hmm. this time that we're in right that we're living in right now can be a, a kind of an analogy to that of you know maybe it, people will take the opportunity to be a little more open and communicate a little bit more. But thank you for that. That's really good insight. And Vivian, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to express your thoughts and just like every one of these conversations i'm learning too so i appreciate your willingness to be part of this conversation
1: thank you yeah i had fun
0: this is mark morin with the 206.com podcast thank you very much for listening at this time i would like to take a moment to acknowledge the recent passing of filmmaker lynn shelton Her contribution to the film and TV industries has had a huge impact, and especially right here in the Pacific Northwest. She was known for her feature films Laggies, Hump Day, and Sword of Trust, as well as having directed episodes of TV shows like New Girl, Fresh Off the Boat, and Little Fires Everywhere. Lynn Shelton's passion, talent, and creativity are an inspiration to the world. Thank you, Lynn. You will be missed. And thank you, as always, for listening to the 206.com podcast, and thank you to Vivian for being part of the show. Next up on the Diversity in Film podcast is rapper Lex, the Lexicon artist, who recently released her new album, Alter Ego, which features the hit song Party Hop, a song you're actually listening to right now. Once again, thank you for listening to the 206.com podcast Diversity in Film interview series.